0: Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 to 15 Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 through 15 hear now the word of the Lord therefore as you received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith of who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of death that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities And put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, I am going to say some hard things today for our church to hear. And just as a whole young prayed, I hope and pray that you will continue to be in prayer. And if you want to continue to pray... Um, every Saturday every Saturday without exception every Saturday we have been praying for the world we have been praying for our church please join us 8 a.m. Saturday there's a zoom link when we can't meet together and when we can meet together you can be right here with us praying for the world and the church every Saturday 8 a.m. and We want to add an additional prayer just for this uh, Monday at 8 p.m. Monday at 8 p.m., if you want to gather to pray, we want you to come. And Jubin has opened up his house or his backyard for us because the house is 10. backyard is 25, which means you have to RSVP. So if you want to come to gather to pray... Email jubin at Kim at cgsnj.org, RSVP. I will be there. We'll pray together. But every Saturday, we have been praying. There's a lot going on in the world, and people are now asking, what is the church doing? The church has been praying, and the church will continue to pray. The church will continue to stand in the gap and intercede through prayer. And in prayer, we see that God does like a million things. I do believe that history has been changed because the saints have been praying. Every time there was a good change, I do believe it was because of Christians praying. Hospitals, orphanages, uh, people that we know can help society, they are all by Christians who were in prayer. Nations have been changed by people praying. Systems have been overturned by people praying. And so please continue to pray and pray with us on Saturday. And if you want to come tomorrow, then it's Monday, 8 p.m., Jubin's house, and you need to RSVP. Uh, I heard there's going to be watermelon. I'm not sure, but uh, please RSVP first. And uh, it's Jubin Kim. At cgsnj.org secondly if you are confused about the Christian stance on racial unity I am willing to do an extra book study with anybody that wants to anybody that wants to if you want to do a book study with me an exegesis with me after this sermon you are like I want to know more about what the Christian stance is because all I hear in social media is the worldly stance I get it. If you want to do a book study, and I believe the Bible is thorough, I believe that every Sunday we are preaching the gospel, which means we are preaching against sin and how God saves us from sin. And so this is a specific study on racial unity. So it's a book. If you want to do it, you can email me at Jubin Kim. No, I'm just kidding. You can email me at Eugene Kim at cgsnj.org. And the book that you will have to purchase by next week is A Biblical Answer for Racial Unity. A Biblical Answer for Racial Unity. There's multiple authors on it. And every chapter is written by a different author. It's an exegesis of the Bible on racial unity. And I want you to buy that book. Let me know. And then we can do a book study together. Thirdly. There is a special podcast that we are releasing tomorrow. Every Monday, we release a podcast, but this one, we have taken a pause from our current trajectory, and we've taken a side stance because we wanted to talk about justice. Justice. So, there is a special podcast tomorrow that's going to be released in our church's podcast. I want you to listen to it. I want you to listen to it. It's part one of two parts. And I want you to listen to it, and then I want you to sit and pray about it. I believe that, again, this is the worst time for us not to gather. This is breaking my heart. I think the church and the world are far, far, far worse off for it. I think I am impoverished by it. And I ask again that you would pray that we would meet together soon. I am thankful, however, that there is willingness within our church members to learn. I am thankful that so many of you are in a stance of teachableness and that willingness and that teachableness is great. However, I want to remind you today that even if you have willingness, it's the Holy Spirit that gives understanding. It's the Spirit that gives understanding. So we implore God to give us the understanding today to navigate through these really rough waters. The passage that I've read today is, there has been, actually, there has been a philosophy, an empty deceit, that has been pervasive in our social media feeds as of late. I'm going to say it again. There has been a philosophy and empty deceit that has been pervasive in our social media feeds as of late. I am very thankful that I don't have Facebook anymore, but I can only imagine if you had Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all these things are constantly on your feed, then you would also be tired or angry or both. But there has been a philosophy and empty deceit that has been pervasive in our social media today. There is a new world order and a new world religion that is being ushered in and it has a motto. Silence is not an option. silence is not an option. You must speak out and in a manner that is dictated by the masses about the cruelty and injustices that we see in the world. Even if the movement is not biblical, even if the movement is anti-Christian, we must hashtag our morality and signal our virtue to the world. The time for dialogue has passed, and the most extreme and the most quick to respond wins. Wins what, I wonder? The more emotional you can be, the better, because this does not warrant, does this not warrant your emotional outrage? So we are to overturn Every hegemonic power structure in place because they are inherently evil and we ought to label them as the oppressor by rising up and instating this new world order apparently we will have finally the utopia that is our birthright you know I had spoken on this before but this is the social justice movement This is the social justice movement and you must either adopt all of what the movement purports or you will be on the receiving end of the vitriol that is laid aside for you. As a Christian, I want you to know that you will never, you will never be able to fully support any secular agenda. And the social justice movement asks exactly for that kind of allegiance. There is no room for disagreement. You will be called a bigot and or racist and get canceled until your life is literally in ruins. And there will be collateral damage, but it's chalked up as necessary for the cause. While claiming to hate racism... I've seen as a result, more hatred, more division, more separation, more lines being drawn, more guilt, more pain, more violence, and more anger. And don't get me wrong, there is racism. There is racism, however, however, There are terms now being tossed around like white privilege, intersectionality, implicit bias that are inherently more racist than what they claim to fight against. I'm going to make a controversial statement, and you're like, you haven't yet? But yeah, I am. People, it's okay to be white. God made you this way. Don't feel guilty. It's a blessing to be black. God God made you this way. You are made in the image of God. It's okay to be yellow, unless you have jaundice, in which case I suggest you see a doctor. You know, I I saw this video, and it was very hard to watch. And it was about a man going around New York City that he's saying he's from this Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, he's picking out white people in New York City and telling them to kneel and beg for forgiveness for their privilege. And I'm watching this, and it's very hard to watch. I don't suggest you watch it. It's very hard to watch. And I'm watching this, and I'm saying, this guy has to be a troll. This guy has to be a troll. There's no way he's not a troll. I think trolling is the next epidemic, but this has to be a troll, but people, white people are kneeling, asking for forgiveness for their privilege. Here's here's what's not a troll. There are multiple movements and marches that claim to be peaceful. Because, and of course, because the claim is that it's peaceful, it's okay, right? As long as it's peaceful, it's okay. And so they claim to be peaceful, and in Maryland, I saw this one video where they asked all the white people to raise their hands and repeat a confessional statement. I will not use my privilege and things of that nature. And they repeated after them while raising their hands. This confessional statement. This is not a movement. It's a religion. Woke means woke means you're blind to anything other than your agenda. Woke really just means snooze. Social justice is really anti-social and does not even remotely care about justice, but what it does care about is vengeance. Social justice, if you're listening closely, is about overturning powers. It's about overturning powers. It is truly an example of emptiness with no real solutions. These are the elements of the world And these are not according to Christ. This is in contrast with the gospel. And I want to show you how and why. So people have been asking me, what is the church to do? How do I stand in solidarity with those that are hurting and in pain? Puge, doesn't the Bible say to weep with those who weep? And I would say, yes. Yes, the Bible calls us to love. It calls us to show mercy. It calls us to weep with those who weep. But again, context. Where is that from? Weep with those who weep. From Romans 12. Let me read it for you. Romans 12, verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. That's how it starts. Bless those who persecute you. You've already by reading these first five words, dismantled every single secular agenda out there. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Don't you see, he is talking to the church about unity. He is saying, even if you feel persecution from church members to each other, don't curse them, bless them, and then join in unity by rejoicing with them when they rejoice and weeping when they weep, so that you can live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. Do not be haughty. Don't signal your virtue or morality. Don't be haughty, but associate with the lowly how do you do that how do you do that by not being wise in your own sight i find it incredibly fascinating that we need to shout at each other through our media for us to listen so we just basically have thousands of people shouting at each other to listen to the other person and nothing is being said but here is where paul starts to use a different demonstrative in verse 17. He says repay no one. So now from verses 14 to 16, we see that weep with those who weep. That context is to the church. And now he uses a different demonstrative for the following verses. Repay no one. So this is talking about the outside. Repay no one. What? Evil for evil. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Who's the enemy? Who do these movements and organizations think the enemy is? Are they doing according to the word of God? Have we been convinced that there is a group out there that is our enemy that has been persecuting us? Then are you doing what the Bible is dictating for you to do? So, what are we to do? Notice how Paul addresses the internal before he gets to the external. Are you doing this inside the church? And then from verse 17, he goes, are you doing this outside? If you are, continue to do this. Never forget the mission of the church. We have been given the great commission given to us by the risen king himself, We are to make disciples of all nations. We are to share the gospel with all peoples. And this does not mean we ought to be colorblind. I don't even know how people will get that from this statement. But it means that there is a primary distinguisher now between peoples in the Bible. That is this. Those who are in covenant with God those that are in the covenant fold of God and those who are on the outside. That's the primary distinguisher now. Those who are in the covenant fold of God and those that are on the outside. That's why in John 10, verse 7, Jesus says again this to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to destroy. The thief comes only to steal and to destroy. I came that they may have life. And have it abundantly. Our job is to point people to the door. Our job is to point people to the door by our actions, yes, but by our words. Where are your social media posts about that? Where are your actions leading to this proclamation? Where are your words? if there were actual Christian posts during these dark times, perhaps things may have been different. I don't know because there weren't. I had a conversation with a brother and he told me this, but to be honest, it's hard to find truth out there in the media. But to be honest, it's hard to find truth out there in the media. Yes, but where do we find the truth? Where do we as Christians find the truth? Have you been digging deeper during this time? If you really have been distraught, the more distraught you are, have you dug your heels in with your Bible, called me to pray and study together? I am convinced that we may be the most informed, ignorant people to have ever lived. I know that's an oxymoron, but with the potential of so much information, we only see the same images over and over and over again. We see the same images on our social media posts, and then we we share the same images over and over. It's on repeat, 24-7. Every time we look at it, it's on our feet. It's scrolling down over and over and over again. Now, I'm going to ask this church for a very difficult thing. If you have been traumatized and you are distraught over the things that are happening, I want you to get off your phones and get off of social media. Fast social media and pray. Fasting and prayer. Fast social media and pray. As much as you've consumed the media this past week, I want you to consume the word of God that much more. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid that your silence won't signal that virtue or morality that you need to, you need to convey. In Galatians 1.10, let me remind you. This is what Paul says. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ here's what the gospel would have pointed to. The church is not so much an organization as much as it is an organism. There is a color to the church, and that color is red. This isn't ignoring the cultures and even other skin colors that we have but it does not trump the truth of the Bible. We are one in Christ. The ideologies of the world and the gospel are diametrically opposed. We are not here for our honor and glory. We are here to honor and glorify the one true king. You know, when Jesus marched, yes, Jesus marched, He was making a statement. So where did he go? Did he go to Rome? No. He went to Jerusalem. Then when he marched into Jerusalem, did he go to Pilate the governor or Herod the king? No. He went to the temple. The people's worship was corrupt, and that was his main concern. When Moses asks Pharaoh... To release God's people. Everybody knows this. What does he say? Let my people go. And then we burst into song, right? but let my people go, why? And you won't see this in a Disney cartoon. This is what the Bible says. Then the Lord said to Moses, this is Exodus 9, 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go so that they may worship me, that they may serve me. You want to see the world changed? The world says that you have to change it from the outside in. The gospel says you need to be changed from the inside out. We are called to be worshipers, and that cannot happen unless the heart is changed. All this chaos we see in the world, isn't it because we are worshiping the wrong God? Why are you still propagating that? Why are you still promoting the ideologies of the world? That is the ultimate grave injustice. There is one God, and He deserves all worship and honor and praise, and yet His creation rebelled by giving worship to idols, to created things, not the true God. And as Christ-bearers, as people who profess to bear the name of Christ. Are you as incensed about that as Jesus was when he entered the temple? Jesus bore the punishment that we deserved. Justice was done, but justice was served on Jesus so that we could have mercy. Because all of this that we see in the world today has to do with worship. When Paul was speaking to the Romans in Romans chapter 15, he was teaching them about how to build the lowly up. How do you build the lowly up? And he interjects with a prayer, which he often does. But as he's teaching the Romans how to build the lowly up, he interjects with a prayer in verse 5. And he says this May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Unity, then. What's the purpose of unity? so that we can worship. Satisfaction comes when we worship the true God. In Psalm 27, one thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to acquire in his temple. The war it's a fight for your worship. It's time for God's people to wake up and see what's really going on. In the end of the passage, there is the hope. The passage that we've read today, there is the hope that we hold on to when we pray for the knowledge of our Savior to come and change hearts. There is this hope. He, meaning Jesus, In verse 15, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. There is still sin and injustices in the world today. However, When we pray and cry out to God, it is in this hope that we pray and cry out to God. As Christians, we pray and cry out in this truth and hope. So how do we advocate for the poor? How do we advocate for the lowly, those that are in distress? How do we do that? According to the word, wisely and with thanksgiving. Look at verse 6 and 7 of today's passage. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. You see, all these things are an outflow, an outpouring of a changed heart. We do all these things, we advocate for justice, we give mercy, all because there. it's an outpouring of the mercy that we have received you want to know if some things in the world have the characteristics of excuse me or of god or not the fruit of the spirit what is the fruit of the spirit it's love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control those are the things so is is that the fruit that you are showing promoting Does this movement have these things? Does it have self-control? Ask that honestly. Does it have self-control? Is it gentle? Is it gentle? Is it faithful? Is it faithful? Is there goodness in it? Is it kind to the neighbor? Is there patience or forbearance? Is there peace, is there joy, is there love? This is a question I wanna ask you as a Christian. Are you growing in love, in joy, in peace, in patience, in kindness, in goodness, in faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Are you growing in that? Because that is the fruit of the, of the Spirit. That's promised to us as believers. You know, with all these things, people might be wondering, well, are you advocating for injustice? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. As Christians, we are to advocate for justice. We are to advocate for mercy. We are to advocate, but we advocate it in the light of the gospel, saying without Jesus, you will never have true justice. You will never have true peace. You will not know mercy. That's what we do as Christians. And so how do we see these things happening? And to be honest, like I am someone that have, that have looked. Like I've had conversations with some of our older brothers and sisters, and we were talking about the LA riots in the 90s. We went all the way up to Ferguson and uh, you know, Baltimore in 2014 and 15 with Michael Brown and Freddie Gray. And then you know, we continue to come to 2020 now. Where we see we saw like a string of things happen, and so my question that I wanted to ask myself is: the society deteriorating or is it getting better? Are more people being killed or less people being killed? Has there been reform? And that's what we should do as Christians. We should be honest with each other and be like, you know what? Let's really study this. Let's pray about it. What are the things that we can do together to not not affect change? What are the things that we can do to pray together so that we can show love to those that are in a lowly position? Christians are to continue to go to the elderly. Christians are to continue to go and visit the jails. Christians are to continue to feed the poor and the homeless. Christians are to continue to go out to the fringes of people who don't feel like they have enough need and minister to them. But what do you minister to them? As you give them their need, you minister to them. Their ultimate need is that they need a Savior. There is eternity at stake. And without Jesus, you will not have it. That is... What is urgent, that is what is priority. I get it, you know. I try to be as well-informed as possible about, you know, how many deaths, how many shootings. Is the trend decreasing or increasing? What minority groups are involved? Those are, those are actually helpful things for dialogue and discussion. However, what's primary for the Christian what is absolutely necessary for the soul to thrive and survive. And if you are a Christian, you know that it is Jesus Christ. He is the door. And so I want us to pray. I know there are a lot of these things that are going on, but I want our church to pray. And I want to say, if you have been distraught, please, I am imploring you, turn off, like, you know what? I'll do it with you. I'll just, I'll just delete my Instagram, my Facebook, whatever, my Twitter, and let's just pray for a week. Let's pray for a week. Instead of getting these media images constantly hitting us 24-7, how about we have the Word of God constantly hit us 24-7? You don't think you'll change? You don't think the church will change? You don't think the world will change as a result? Please get off of it. And please pray with me. Pray with me individually. Pray with me and the church on Saturdays. Don't take Saturday morning prayer lightly. Pray with me here on Sundays when we worship together. Take the prayer seriously. There are are three really great prayers: there's an opening prayer, there's a confessional prayer, there's a prayer led by the elder. Pray with us. God hears those prayers. And again, tomorrow, if you want to pray, email jubin at jubinkim at cgsnj.org and pray with us then. But what should you pray for? Pray that you and our church will live holy and righteous lives. Pray that you and our church will live holy and righteous lives. In front of who? Before who? Before our friends and our neighbors. So that our gospel testimony will be credible. Pray that you and our church will live holy lives in front of our friends and our neighbors so that our gospel testimony will be credible. Let's pray. Lord, you teach us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And yet, we are more enamored by the things of this world. Father, forgive us for the times that we have been Persuaded and swayed away from your truth and your goodness. From getting on our knees first before anything else and not getting up until we know that we have prayed. I pray, God, for those that really do have pain and hurt in this world. And I pray that if there are any of those people in our church that Lord God you would minister to their hearts by your Holy Spirit and I pray that we would also stand alongside our brother or our sister who is in pain and pray alongside with them I pray that we will be a church that would gather to stir one another up to do good works but for your glory not for ours not so that we can signal anything other than boasting in Christ. I pray, God, that you would be with your church now. Give us your wisdom. Give us your discernment so that we can act in accordance to the faith that we have been given in Christ. This is not an easy time to live in. We have not been taught the gospel in our schools in the world, in the media. But, oh God, have mercy on us so that the gospel is preached in our churches. Have mercy on us. And, Lord, we pray that we would be a transformed and a renewed people proclaiming the truth that, Jesus, you are the door. Help us to do that for as long as we have breath in our lungs. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen.